Hello and welcome to this, let's call it very special. Well, I mean, we're it's the beginning. Very special beginning Friday episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast. Finally, Jason, it's here. We are starting our candidate interviews for the 2022 local election. We're going to start with the Lee Summit R7 School District's Board of Education and three of the eight candidates for two seats on the Board of Education. We're going to start with Bill Lindsay, Mike Allen, and Melissa Kelly Foxhoven. I'm going to bring them in right now. Jason, are you ready? I am. No, but we're going to do it anyway. Let's do it anyway. That's kind of our theme. Bill, Melissa, and Mike, welcome to the podcast. I appreciate all of you taking some time out of your busy family and work lives to just spend a little bit, uh, a little bit of the Thursday evening with these two buffoons who want to talk about all of the stuff going on. We're going to jump right in, I think. Yep, we're going to start in. Uh, usually, so just for our listeners who who may be dialing in for the first time, we, um, in general, we're going to ask some questions. The topics will be the same for the candidates. Um, they'll all have a chance to talk about the basic topic, but the questions will be a little bit differentiated based on uh, the way they responded to the survey questions, which will be posted at linktolisama.com at some point, uh, and, and also in other things that they may have said or we've seen out there in, in the process. So it, it's not going to be a rote recitation. Now, having made that preference, I'm going to kind of do the opposite of that for this very first question. So we're going to start, and I I literally did this in alphabetical order. So my apologies to all of you who are in the back half of the alphabet, like me uh, and Nick, for that matter. But we're going to start. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Mike Allen, since your last name comes first in that Rolodex. All right. Sir. You, uh, we're going to ask a little bit of kind of just a bigger picture question to to start with the what looking back on the term that you've just served and then thinking about the term if you are reelected and get to serve a full term looking back on that what is the biggest accomplishment that you've had um that you think that you've had so far as a, as a uh, school board school board member and what what's that next big thing that you'd like to accomplish would you be reelected i should be writing this down but okay as far as accomplishment We've had, undeniably, we have had some rough road over the past three years and even prior to that. So being able to steer the ship through the waters is somewhat of a success, quite frankly. And we have not done it without uh, criticism, um, and that's fine. We've not done it without some applause occasionally. And we have um, certainly had a turnover internally at, uh, at central office. You know, we have had two elections in the meantime, so we had new board members. We had a couple stay on, certainly, and I will I will certainly extend kudos and, and appreciation to Ryan Murdoch, who's been president for two years and taking the time to really dig in and guide this ship as much as any. Um, we've collaborated as a board. We've argued as a board. We have respected each other and continue to do so, even though our differences are broad and many. Our personalities are none alike. And I would say to a person, um, we have probably individually been on opposite sides of these topics, uh, but provided each other some critical feedback and walked out of the door with full respect. So if nothing else, I hope that we've accomplished some steadfast, disciplined approach and been very pragmatic and principled in our uh, uh, work together. 
All right, so let's let's then roll forward. What is it you yeah. think you? What's yeah. your big thing coming forward that you're shooting aiming for? Um, it's really getting this uh, plane landed, if you want to call it that, or finishing the work with uh, an administration that's um, certainly not new to education, but an administration that's new newer in roles in their roles and responsibilities. So um, certainly, you know, Dr. Buck has some blind spots. Dr. Bucks has faced some criticism. He's very, he's been very resolute in many regards and, and very uh, strong in some cases. Um, have had, had criticism from us. But this guy is a energy bunny, man. He never quits and he's very positive. With that then, through the ranks, um, you know, Dr. Barger is somewhat new in her position. She's been there some time, but Heather Kenny, Dr. Potts, again, elementary and secondary assistant superintendents. Ideally, I think we as a group can help them um, work together. Uh, I say dance, you know, understand each other's dance moves, so to speak. Uh, Shelly Sanders is outstanding, um, um, our, our CFO. I mean, that, that's a lot of it, right? Building back trust internally, externally, getting those guys to row in the same direction. I can throw out all this, the, the, the silly metaphors or what have you, but um, man, it's it's really creating some straightforwardness, keeping the main thing the main thing, and drilling down and making sure we're addressing student concerns, student achievement, and building some strong relationships again with a community that um, has been fractured a bit. So, yeah. Did I miss anything? Was there, there was a third thing in there. I thought you asked. No, me. I think I think that got that got what we wanted for that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna move on a little bit, and I'm gonna and bring I'll, it bring in and Melissa. I'll, and I'll mute. I'll mute because I know I got some background. Sorry, about that. sitting in a Starbucks. So. Melissa, I want to bring you in on this one, and and as you look ahead, if you're elected, what what is maybe one thing that you hope to accomplish a, as a board member in that three year term if you're elected? Well, I have a couple, but I, I, I think I can talk about uh, one narrowed down. So some of the things that I have seen over the course of the last 20 years focused on um, the programs that are offered in certain schools, but not in other schools. So my daughter's had an opportunity to participate in some uh, specific targeted reading that is it's a program that is not offered at every school and we feel very blessed to have had that opportunity and so one of the things that i really want to champion when i'm on that board and i understand that we're a team we all work together it's not something that you know one person's going to come in and and you know cowboy up and make a lot of changes but having had children in the district i think the thing that i can bring is taking a look at some of these programs that are only offered in certain certain buildings. They're not offered for all of the buildings. And see if there's a way to allow us to offer those programs to all of the children throughout the district. Can you give an example of what some of those programs are that you're talking about? So my daughters were part of a targeted reading program. They were identified in kindergarten as having some deficiencies where they were not testing at the level that they needed to be at. And so at Highland Park, where my daughters went to school, they were able to participate in a specific program that took them and walked them through. Um, they One of them has uh, dyslexia. And so, you know, there's some targeted things that they're going to do for that. And 
I was actually having conversations with other parents and, and saying, well, you know, I'm so, this is exciting. You know, my kids get to be a part of that. And they shook their heads sadly and said, we don't have that in our school. So of course, you know, you want to investigate because not, not every parent knows every program that's available to them. And I was told that certain schools offer certain programs um, where other schools don't. So th that would be an opportunity. Then, of course, everybody knows about the robotics programs and they're only offered at, you know, one schools and they don't have their individual programs at other schools. So those are things that parents find to be, you know, inequitable and they want an opportunity for their child to have the same experiences. So that is something that I want to champion. All right. Well, thank you, Melissa. We appreciate that. Bill, um, I'm going to turn this question to you. What, uh, what is the major accomplishment that you'd like to see would you be elected for the three years? Can I share three? Well, let's uh, let's start with one and see where we go. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Um, I, I believe uh, what one of the things that I'm seeing is uh, it's like we've had a total reset since COVID, uh, social things going on. And I think we should put a focus on the future of our, our district, and we need to take into consideration our, uh, the continuing success and improving communication and transparency. Uh, there's a lot of, and Mike, Mike, uh, you brought it out, there's a lot of negativity that's went on this past year. And we need to build on the positives. Uh, I've been in, we've, we've had kids in this uh, school district for uh, 26 years. And uh, it's all been positive. I mean, there's been a few negatives here and there, but I think if we build on the positives and we, and we uh, from a realistic point of view, uh, address these uh, new things that are happening, um, some of it's scary. Some of it, as Mike shared, it's, it's, it's not easy to get through. And you have to develop those relationships, not only with the, uh, with the group you're working with, but also the community and the and the parents and the uh, just everybody. The other part of that is um, is I uh, this a key thing with me is uh, parents access. I think that that could improve. Uh, I have some ideas on that, and I really would like to see that happen. Uh, I think if we had better access, we wouldn't have uh, uh, angry citizens out there right now. Not as many that we, it wouldn't be as big of a deal. Wait a minute. Is he saying that sometimes parents get angry? Um, I don't know. I've never, I've, I've never, never heard that. of that. I've never, I've, ever heard of that. I've never seen that. Never seen that. Never and seen I am that. always a calm parent. That's one I've Sorry. That is the, <laughs> wow. I thought we were going to call the politicians out for telling untruths, but here you are. Here's just you calling are. myself out. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm calling you out. On that. Right, there we go. Didn't okay, so on the spot, buddy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. I'm once again, y'all have to be nice to each other. Nick and I do not have to be nice to ourselves. It's uh, it's a perfectly fair way to go through this. All right, we're gonna we're gonna transition to our second question, which is gonna deal sort of largely with the the relationship of the working relationship of the board and the working relationship with the superintendent. It's something that's obviously uh, been in the you know in the in the talks for a long time. Um, and that's always something as, as the, the composition of the board and occasionally the composition of the superintendent's office changes. So, uh, Melissa, we're going to start with you. You noted in your survey that you want a, and I'm going to quote here, unified board. What does that mean to you? Okay, so that, that is a great question because when I work with my teams, I, I talk about we all need to be unified. So we have a 
we all have an objective that we have to meet. We're not always going to agree, but when we stand, when we leave that board and we go out and we face our community, we all understand that this is the decision that was made. And whether you voted positively or negatively, it's still a decision that has come to the board. So as we, as we go forward, I think it's important that we learn from what happened in the past with previous superintendents. And we understand that when we do not act as a unified front, then that's where dissent happens. And we see that in things that have happened in our past. So when I say unified front, I mean, we come together, we understand as adults, as mature, responsible human beings, that even if the vote or we implement something that we don't necessarily agree with, that we are still a part of a team and we come together and we understand that we are representing our school district and we are kind and we we accept what happens and we move forward. If we believe that that decision was truly something that's not going to be good for the school district, then we work as a team to make changes. All right. So there has been, I think, uh, a lot of, and not as much, I think, and we we have tried to give credit where credit is due to the the work of some of our elected boards in the last several years, especially that the 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 the, the, the lack of rancor um, uh, between the members um, in general has been insane. But there has been a lot of, I think, especially at the school board, a lot of public upset um, at the decisions of the board. How do you, uh, how, even if you put forth that thing, how do you manage to deal with the people who have extraordinarily, I mean, we, we talked about parents like Nick, who are very angry all the time, uh, but the people who have a lot of a lot of emotional energy invested in a particular outcome more even than a particular topic. How do you, how do you manage that as a board member? So I actually had a conversation with one of the individuals that was at a previous board meeting and they were, they were very um, animated in their conversations. And we had a conversation about what, what realistic expectations can you have when you go to the board and when you make these, you know, public announcements, what are you expecting to have happen? And are you expecting to have that direct conversation back and forth? Because they, that's not going to happen. Uh, are you expecting you to get your, your, your own way immediately? That's not going to happen. So I think how things have been going is, is, is a, an example of what's going on in our current society. People have to have an opportunity to speak their mind. They have to be able to feel the feelings that they have and be able to say what they have. That's an important part of their process. What's What shouldn't happen is there should not be an antagonistic response. There should not be a dismissal of their feelings. They should have that opportunity they feel very passionate about their particular causes. Um, whether we agree or don't agree, they should have the voice that they need to have. They need to be respectful. They need to be kind to everybody just as we need to be. Um, and if it's something that needs to be followed up on, then we need to make the, the steps to do that. We need to say, if this is something important to you, we need to give them the information where they can write their email, send their letter, set the appointment, whatever they need to do so that they can move in the direction that they need to go to. But minimizing or dismissing any of their their issues or feelings, I think is the wrong thing to do. 
Okay, thank you. I'm going to shift gears, and I, I want to bring Bill in on this. And Bill, I'm going to I'm going to kind of switch the question up a little bit for for, for you. Uh, Melissa talked a lot about the board's role in the relationship with with the the patrons, right? The, the parents and the families of the school district. But but let's switch that over a little bit, Bill, and let's talk about the role of the board and its relationship with the superintendent, who it hires and it and it oversees. In your in your survey, one of the things you told us was that you you were actually calling for a quick review of the current superintendent, uh, talking about the superintendent's performance and consideration of, of a renewal. You even said, hey, maybe we start a new search immediately. Where are you on uh, on that right now? What are you seeing from the superintendent that makes you, I guess, go there this quickly? Uh, I'm seeing a decision-making that uh, is not taking into consideration uh, uh community involvement per se. I'm, I'm concerned that uh, his experience is not reflective of what we need in Lee Summit. Um, I, I, we, we, he's, I think, I believe he's coming to the end of his term. And I think that we should be considering that anyway, because uh, if per se, he is not meeting the needs of our uh, school board or our school, our, our patrons, uh, we need to be looking at that. Now, that's not saying I'm going to go in and say, okay, let's chop his head off and just uh, go after him. But we need to, we need to really take a really serious review, look at what our goals as a district are and see if he is actually working towards those, or is he working uh, in a capacity where uh, we are uh, per se, uh, taking care of just a, a portion here and there. Um, so, you know, I've, I've been around superintendents being in education uh, for over 20 years. And I've seen very effective ones and I've seen ones that are not so effective. And um, there are some concerns there on my part. Well, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pop pop in here, and 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 I'm gonna ask you for maybe some specifics. When when you think that there are are some some shortfalls there, can can you tell us what district goals that you are looking at that you think this current superintendent is not working to meet or not effectively even working to meet? Okay, I would say uh, number one, um, I'm concerned about. Uh, uh, how we have reacted to uh, COVID and uh, just uh, getting the community involved, uh, their voice. Now, we the first thing we have to take into consideration when looking at COVID is uh, the health and safety of all people. And I think that was addressed real well last board meeting through Mike and uh, uh, um, the, the other guy that uh, voiced opposition and they, they, they gave good, good uh, feedback on why. Um, I don't see that uh, coming from the superintendent. I feel that there's pressure that's put on him by county and other, other uh, entities that I think that there could have been uh, even in the language of how we handled that instead of uh, saying a mandate, you could say, the CDC recommended this, and we would highly recommend that people be masked in our district, but it's still going to be a choice. I think we probably would uh, have less opposition and probably more participation in, in a uh, uh, fashion that people would actually do it and be uh, compliant with it 
and and things like that. Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump I'm gonna jump in again, and I I apologize, but I, but I, what I want to get to here okay. is to talk about the role of the board and, and what you think your specific role would would be as a member if you if you are elected. A school board hires and manages that that superintendent. You are not always going to agree whether it's one board member or all all of them as a group. So how are you going to how do you look at what the role of the board is when things happen and maybe you as a member don't agree with that 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 movement or that recommendation of a superintendent? How how are you going to deal with that because it's not always going to be unanimous. I, I totally agree. And uh, what what this is how I handle it, and this is how I've handled uh, situations like this my whole life. Is there has there has to be a collaborative effort, and um, it's been pointed out that we're not all going to agree. That uh, we have to have uh, uh, Melissa there mentioned a unified effort. But we, we also have to walk out of that room with respect. Now, that comes with uh, talk. Uh, there, are, there, there are some things that I think that um, the transparency uh, needs to be better. Because um, uh, even some of the things that's happened this last year, uh, folks are wondering what's going on. But, um, and the transparency uh, issues may be due to uh, privacy. May do, maybe due to uh, whatever, but uh, you know that comes up. But I want, I would like to see more transparency uh, with the board. I Mike would probably better address how that works because I'm on the outside looking in, and a lot of people that have approached me about being part of the school board. That's one of the things that they say is, uh, where is the transparency? Where uh, you know how do we get in and find out what's going on? Because sometimes we find out at the last minute. A good example of that would be uh, the the uh, situation last spring with the coach. You know, a lot of things came up with the coach and uh, people were uh, kind of sideswiped on that. But um, it, regardless, there was a good decision that came out of that. But a uh, person's uh, reputation and, uh, you know, uh, for their future uh, was damaged. And I think that we could have prevented some of the, uh, some things like that. All right, Bill, thank you for, for that. Mike, I'm going to uh, kind of roll this topic to you here. When you joined the board, I think you I think it's safe to say that you are a, a vocal uh, critic of the then serving superintendent and, and were active in, in the process um, as it came through that, that led to his uh, removal as, as superintendent. So obviously you came in, there were a lot of disagreements, um, specifically, I think at the time, the, the major focus was on the equity plan. But in the last year or so, or two years, because, you know, it's, we, we're here we still are dealing with COVID. You've had some, I think, key disagreements with the superintendent's recommendations dealing with COVID protocols and some of the other, all the, all the various and sundry things that are being with them. How do you think your experiences with Dr. Buck are different or perhaps even the same as your experiences were uh, when you first came on the board in dealing with those disagreements? Well, to reflect on the past and, and previous superintendents, I mean, plural, you know, they unfolded, we know where we were, we know where we've been, I think, as a district. Um, I'm, I'm not going to go too far down that path. Um, That's fine. I, mean, I really I, I really want you to no, focus I'm, more on your on your disagreements with Dr. Buck uh, yeah, and, okay. and how yeah. you have managed those. Well, it's interesting. So 
early on, there was a um, there was a recommendation by administration, and I wish I completely recall the specific topic. And if I look back at minutes, I would. Um, but we took as a board, we took a left turn. And we didn't completely dismiss all of the input and all of the suggestion, um, but made a little bit of a different decision that was an administrative uh, recommendation and what they felt was necessary. And I believe that we made that decision with some reflection, preparation going in, um, I'd say to a person None of us go in with this preconceived notion of exactly how we vote. Now, we may have an idea one way or the other where we may lean, um, but and there's pretty good conversation. Folks tend to listen. Um, I'll be more vocal than some. Roderick will be more vocal than some, and that's fine. It's just you get what you get, right? Um, but it was early in Dr. Buck's uh, year, and we made a different decision. And as uh, I happened to be in the building the next day, I was talking to him and I said, uh, Dr. Buck, you know, you know, this is not a personal issue. It's not a it's not a gotcha moment. It's not this uh, dismissal of what we believe is right or wrong. And he said, hey, I I work for you guys. If it's four, three, it's four, three. If it's seven, oh, it's seven, oh, four or against. We've got the marching orders. We move forward. Now, I'll tell you how some of the trust and delicate delicacy there was or fragility or whatever there was in the central office a bit because he was new we were relatively new some of us on the board you know after that vote the next morning a couple of administrators said are we going around this mountain again are we going to see the board sort of dismiss what we have to say and he said look it's a decision they made a decision based on what they felt was the right decision nothing against what we did or didn't weigh what we did or didn't do just pick up and move on. I mean, he is a guy that does not take it personally. He sees business for business and makes a decision, makes a recommendation where he feels is right, and he lives with what we do. I, I will tell you that this guy is is, is almost insanely optimistic. Um, it, I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump, I'm gonna jump in I mean? a little bit, Mike, on, yeah. on you there. And I think what you're talking about is is uh, when when there was a decision to move to hybrid, the the board came up with a different scenario uh, uh, of going back, reins reinserting the students and stuff back into the schools that was different than the two options that the staff, you are Dr. Correct. Buck and his staff. And, and I certainly appreciate your memory being better than mine, but we've talked about hybrid and in and out of the school so many times. <laughs> we we only talk about it once a week. We remember one thing at a time. So <laughs> one yeah, Sorry. Um, yes, you, you are look, I'm going to take it as a victory that and, I remembered something yeah. that others didn't. But, but what I want to ask, what I want to ask is this, and, and I like to talk about the role of the board and the relationship of yeah. board with superintendent yes. a, a lot. Where does that where does that roll that spot in? What's the line of you hire the CEO mm -hmm. who hires the staff and they, they make the recommendations yep. and then a school board, you know, the elect board says, no, 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 let's let's go a different direction. Where do you where where does that line establish for you? I know everybody's gonna answer this a little differently, but but I think there I think there were a, there are there are some who think maybe that was a you know, board crossed a line. There are some that applauded what the board did there. So for you, your your position yep. of working that where do you where do you draw that line? How do you establish when it's okay for the board to kind of cross cross what the what the CEO's decision is that you've hired? I I as a group we can't have Oh I think we lost you. And oh no, no, no you go ahead, restart. We've got you back. 
Okay. Yeah, just restart um, that answer. Okay. I was going to say, I don't think we can just be freewheeling and ignore where we're headed, right, in, the, in, in preparing all students for, for, for success in life. I mean, the mission is the mission. So we've got to be centered on the mission. We got to be centered on curriculum, challenging curriculum. I mean, that's that's you know, speak whatever you want to call it. But so we've got to be working hand in hand with whomever it is. And I don't think if we make a decision that's a little bit different, or we waver a little bit uh, from what the administration might recommend, I think they'll adjust and move forward. I mean, part of it is trust, right? And and that Dr. Emily Miller gave us all a book toward the, when, when she was interim superintendent, the, you know, the name is Speed of Trust. And if you don't trust, you get nothing else. Well, there was some major trust, right? That was, was really fragile. And I think that was part of that early on decision and some of the internal office folks saying, okay, Dr. Bob, this is coming around again, right? And he assures them that, look, they're making a decision that they feel rested in. So. Let me back up a bit, and I don't want to dominate the conversation, but I think it's worth 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 the the the, the, the topic and the reflection. So, I think Mr. Lindsay touched on this. So, like, so you have an evaluation of the superintendent, and, and, and really we're right in that midst. So, I'm not going to get into the individual details, but just like Melissa's got great experience in this, right? Melissa Fox over here has great experience in looking at setting some very specific goals and and and. Um, targets for whomever to meet. So in our role at the beginning of the year, it's, hey, we want to address these board priorities. These are generally speaking, the superintendent's goals to hit. And we're going to value in roughly 12 months and say, are you meeting one, two, three, or one, two, three, four? We reflect on that. It's either, you know, he's progressing, he's he's hitting them, or he's exceeding them, or he's completely failing, right? So we try to, to judge his or her um, success based on what we have established from the get-go. And so we try to make sure we're focused on that throughout the year. So we may make a decision as a board that's different than, than what he or the administration is doing. But if, again, if we're guiding through board priorities, policy, um, our mission statement, and we may zig or zag, we're still moving forward and matriculated, matriculating down the field, right? And so if all of us are- Mike, you're aging yourself. There's like nobody blatant, under 45 that knows- I know, I'm sorry. Quote. Blatant yeah. pandering to Chiefs fans I know, there, by I the way. Know. But the point being is, I, I think that, again, back to my very opening statement, we've got a tremendous core group of folks. And, and I think uh, the thoughts open about, like, you know, the angst of, 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 of of the public coming forward or whatever. And I realize that's not the superintendent question, but I do want to touch on this real quick is I'll brag on some of the trust that has been built in a very short period of time where Ms. Sanders will see who speaks at the board meeting. She follows up with them individually every time. So last week, I guess it was, we had six people speak. Each of them brought valid concerns that were on their hearts, right? It's on their heart and mind. So it's valid to them. Some of it may be facts. Some of it may be, you know, something they speculate, but she will contact each person to build trust and a relationship with that person to find out what's on their mind and why. Well, we didn't have that in the past, per se. We didn't take that extra step. So I think over time, the speed of trust, we're trying to build that speed of trust pretty quickly, um, knowing that everybody has a different lens. Everybody has a different experience. And we're continue. Again, I applaud Melissa's comment, man. She's spot on. 
You need to be somewhat, you, you, not somewhat, you need to be unified and yet be able to literally, you know, hash it out in meetings and walk away and go, you know what? That's the best decision because we ran it through some real strong, you know, uh, 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 criticism, critical thinking. So, well, you know, well I, thanks I, for that. And I want to, I want to, I want to move and I, I do want to, I want to, before we, before we change subjects, I, I want to go back to, I'm going to start with you, Melissa, and then we're going to move to, move to Bill. Cause I, I, I want to get a little bit on this, this kind of topic. Melissa, as you look ahead and if you are elected, how will you maybe find that balance of when as a board, you dip below 30,000 feet into those weeds um, and, and make that decision that, that Mike was just talking about where, where he and the board changed, changed directions a little bit. How, how do you think you're going to find, and, and I guess what will you use to measure when to dip below that 30,000 foot level? So I believe that you have to ask questions and it's okay to ask questions. So when we are trying to decide what we need to do, where we need to be, we need to engage experts. So an example would be, we wanna, we wanna paint all the buildings blue. I'm just gonna use this as an example. We wanna paint all the buildings blue. We've got a group of people that wanna paint everything green and we've got a group of people that wanna paint everything blue and they're not getting along, they're, 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 they're just fighting. So as a board member, it is my job to work with the board to say, Let's engage experts. Let's engage color experts and finance experts. And let's find out if it's going to cost us more to do this or cost us more to do this. If it's going to, is this color going to be more soothing for the kids? Is it going to be good? Get as much information as we can. Ask as many questions as you can. Have enough conversations so that when you do ultimately make your decision, yay or nay, you know that you have done everything that you could have done to, and you've learned everything you could have learned to make the best possible decision. I truly believe that oftentimes we make decisions based on emotion and we don't look to the future or moving forward. And that is where we get into trouble, where we come back and we have, we have issues where we walk out of a room and we say, gosh, I don't feel good about that understanding that the more information you have, the more questions you ask, the better decisions you will make will make it easier when you are at that 30 foot drowning level trying to make good decisions. Do I think that every decision that that I've made or every decision that the board has made has been uh, perfect? No, but I have seen the board act in a way where they come out and they are still unified, even though that decision has been very difficult to make. Um, I disagree a little bit with Mr. Lindsay regarding uh, having everything be, you know, open and, and, you know, people being, uh, I, I think you said transparency. There is a, a considerable amount of transparency. You can go and watch all of the, uh, the open, board meetings, you can get all of the notes and the results of what have happened. Every single superintendent from, you know, the, the elementary superintendent all the way up to Dr. Buck all have administrators and emails and can be communicated with. But 
in the end, not to mention the two yahoos who have a podcast that tell everybody these things. Yeah, I mean, if you could plug us, we'd appreciate it. That's the difference. Well, and and that's the thing is oftentimes since this is where I'm going with this, you don't know, you didn't, you don't ask enough questions or you don't do enough research. So you immediately become emotional about what is happening because you don't have all the information. And so that often, then we make decisions that we're not that maybe aren't as popular or uh, aren't getting the right responses because we don't have all the information that we want. And instead of saying, I'm going to find the information or I'm going to ask all the questions, we become angry. And that, and then we carry that anger into every other decision or conversation that we have. So when I'm in those weeds, and this is a very long, lengthy answer, and I apologize but Mike would I'm be in, Mike would be proud. Honestly, Mike so. would be proud. I, I know Mike very well. I actually really like Mike. Um, so I would say that engaging experts who have more knowledge, more experience than I do in making decisions regarding whatever it is we're working with, asking questions and making sure that I am comfortable understanding what, what is happening and what, what we are putting forth is the best possible way when we are that deep into things. All right. Thank you. So, Bill, I'm going to turn this to you and, and I'm going to kind of phrase it slightly differently, but I think it's the, the same just where I, I think sometimes we see um, and I've mentioned this before on the podcast. And I know you are all loyal listeners. Um, <laughs> at least pretend. At least pretend for a moment now. Uh, I, sometimes I think that people get uh, can, they confuse the outcome with the process. And, and, and I think we've all talked a little bit about the process here. But as a as an outsider, it's very easy to sit here and, and decry the outcome. Um, when, when we don't agree with it, whether it is with COVID protocols or you name it, right? We, we argue about things all the time. Where do you come in when you're, when you're thinking about this from the terms of being on the school board, which has a, a slightly different remit than, you know, Yahoo sitting in a, in a podcasting studio. That's um, my line. Or a guy on a couch somewhere or whatever. I no no disrespect to your couch, Bill. <laughs> um, but I mean, but in terms of that, how do you think that that, that where do you, that line needs to be different. Where do you think that line starts to fall when you're when you're thinking about those, the difference between being mad about the outcome or being mad about the process? Uh, you 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 hit it the nail on the head. Uh, a lot of the anger comes uh, from the outcome, and uh, I'm sure Mike would uh, would could dwell on uh, the process of how it comes out. And Melissa even pointed out that uh, there's a lot of things that have to be considered when you put that together. Now, as a board member, um, I, I think that if we do a lot of the work in advance, like some of the things that I've said is if we have honest, open uh, communications, if we are doing a lot of the uh, per se um research and we're using a lot of our resources uh, per se not financial but other resources to find out this information uh, we also have a, a a host of district level administrators that have a wealth of knowledge that we should pull from and i would rather pull uh, from that wealth of knowledge than decide to go outside uh, the district to find those things. You're, we're probably going to have to do that anyway, but there's been uh, things that have happened that uh, makes me question uh, uh, why we're not using 
that wealth of district level administrators to be involved in this. Now, if I'm in the weeds, basically, we're going to get into uh, talking, negotiating and uh, sharing about what uh, get back to what the, our goals are as a district and then marry that up with what decision is made to make sure that we're all staying in line. Um, I remember when Tony Stansberry was here. That was one reason why I moved to Lee Summit was Tony Stansberry. Uh, he uh, he was my battalion commander when I was in the military. And Tony, Tony was he was like the uh, he, chief negotiator. Uh, and, and Tony knew the people well enough to say, OK, we're in a sense, what you said, we're in the weeds. OK, how do we get out of the weeds? How do we get move forward? And Tony's leadership uh, and uh, the boards that he worked with uh, brought us to a great point until we until he, uh, you know, moved on and everything. But I say we to get out of the weeds, you've got to have a willingness to get out of the weeds. You've got to have the uh, ability. You've got to have the resources. Uh, and, and as I say, it's not a financial thing, per se, but you the resources I see is we have a we're top we're top heavy with uh, district level administrators. That's a great thing. But why are we not using them first? And then we advance out into, uh, per se, hiring outside. All right, Bill. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm actually going to stay with Bill. Stay here. with Bill. I'm going to stay with Bill here. So you're still, the spotlight is still shining right into your eyeballs right now. It's your turn to make up an answer first. <laughs> I wanna, I'm going to, I'm going to shift a little bit differently here. And we've, we've talked about the superintendent. We've talked, you just talked about the administrators. Let's talk about every candidate's favorite topic, supporting the teachers. Mm-hmm. Now, Nick has a particular dog in the supporting teacher fight being married to one. But although married to one that's not teaching in this district. So that <laughs> so y'all are doing a terrible job of taking care of other districts. Yeah. So look, so if you could give more money to independence, it would make Miley Summit life happier. <laughs> not gonna happen. Oh, right. wait, that's, that's not how it goes. Okay. Ask Bill's question. Let's talk about every candidate for, for school board is always going to say, I support teachers. I want to support teachers. We have to make sure that we support teachers. You have talked a lot, and I think the words you used were provide meaningful support to teachers when you answer, when you responded to, to our survey of questions, which will also be up on Link to Lee Summit when people can listen to the, this podcast. What are some of those? Can you give us some specific examples of what you mean? What exactly do you mean by let's provide meaningful support? Okay. Um I can I can say this from my heart because I am a teacher, and uh, we are overworked. Uh, we, some of us are, uh, as I as I jokingly say, sometimes I feel like I'm doing three jobs, and uh, we need to have support within the uh, system. Um, and there are, there are th- some things available, but when a teacher uh, is put in a position of it becomes a public. Uh, awareness thing that, and it doesn't need to be there. I think we need to find some backing for those teachers. Uh, I know that uh, NEA is involved here, and however that works out, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I as a as a charter school teacher, we're we are not unionized. So, but uh, I, and I don't understand too much about how that works with our schools. But we, uh, there needs to be uh, support within a building, uh, a group of. Uh, we can talk about things more openly. Have those situations. Uh, at our school, we uh, have uh, groups of people that look in on each other. 
I don't know what's what's happening in our school district, but uh, support systems where, um, and especially during this time where we we just went through COVID, I think a lot of things really came out as far as emotions, uh, how people are feeling, dealing with death, uh, you know, dealing with uh, you. you uh, it, one thing that happened to me during COVID was uh, I I'm on um, you know virtual, and I have a kid on there. Uh, sick with COVID and he's, uh, the parents are afraid to take him off because they're afraid. And I'm kind of like, you know, those are emotional things we have to deal with. We have to deal with, um, changes in curriculum. And sometimes there's some things that are required of us that, uh, it's, it, I don't know how we do it some, some days, but what, what I say, we do need some support there. Uh, a lot of times it's hard for our uh, administrators to get that encouragement to us because they're pulled left and right. But I think just uh, some emotional support, some uh, maybe some more support with uh, uh, preparing our teachers. Uh, a lot of teachers um, uh, in different school districts. Uh, and, you know, I, I can't speak specifically for Lee Summit, but I'm sure it happens is they come in and they've got this wonderful education they paid for. 30, 40, 50,000 or more dollars. And they're not prepared for what they're coming to. And they don't, they don't get a, a very good uh, introduction and then they get discouraged and things like that. If how much that happens here, I couldn't say, cause uh, I'm not in there, but uh, make sure they're prepared, make sure there's a support system. So there's encouragement and uh, the, just the training they need. And also, uh, with the, with the training on, um, uh, the new, uh, te tech stuff, uh, there's a learning curve for people my age versus, uh, say a new 25, 30 year old person coming in. And, um, a lot of, uh, people per se, uh, over 45, they're leaving the profession because they can't keep up with the technology. So some support there would be great. Bill, I'm going to, I hate to cut you off, but we we're trying to keep ourselves squeezed in. I know that at least one of us has more, uh, one thing to do following uh, our recording time. So I'm going to move over to Mike uh, Allen and we're going to ask uh, a similar question. Your first response uh, when we, when we, on the survey question, we talked about teacher shortages or staffing issues with that uh, was to, to, to say something about presenting the, quote, true factual R7 story. So that, to me, and, and I will say how I read this, is it sounds like you had, you feel like there's some perception problems. Um, so what is the perception problem that you want to counteract? And then how do you think you want to go about doing that? This dates back pre-Mike Allen on the board. <clears throat> and, but frankly, even probably two years before I was on the board, pretty involved in business roundtable talking about our perceived school district and what we're doing, how we were in the crosshairs of the media, crit critical analysis, you name it. And I have continued to pound the drum of we've got to tell our story. We've got to quit letting other folks that do not have representation are necessarily telling us who we are. And it becomes... Um, you know, an ownership issue, it becomes a, a you know, a pride issue, and not just of community members, but of teachers and students and administration and folks that pay their taxes, don't have kids in the district, you name it. Um, that's the that's the sort of macro, macro statement. So along the way, 
um, communication has been a little much. So we went from this sort of let's kind of cloister and not say too much, not do too much. We're in the crosshairs. We got to you know worry about the critical critical uh, uh, analysis of our district. Now we're almost swinging the other way where we're over communicating. It's like we get six emails a week about what's going on within the district, like the transparency issue. And that's fantastic. So there's got to be a happy medium in there somewhere. Well, the truth of the few stories of what's happening in this in the actual schools themselves are not necessarily factual, right? You name the, the media and they're pitching a story out there, usually the networks or the or the NPRs or whomever, pitching a story out there with part of the truth. And then they'll make some strong, grandiose statements about generalization. And it's as if we become fixated on a gross generalization. I'll give you a specific example. And this has been maybe six months ago. So flipping through channels, my ADHD kicks in. And I happened to land on uh, an FM station and in the noon hour, they were talking about emotional, social well-being, anxieties and, 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 and focus of, of students and um, rates of suicide or whatever that might be. And the, the radio station literally said or, or, the, or the, 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 the program said something to the tune of. You know, it amazes me that our teachers and administrators just don't care about the kids. <laughs> I about lost my mind. 99.99999, Every single person that gets engaged in this in this education career care about the kids. And for these blatant, uh, disregarded statements, and nobody calls them out, and just they just say it. It's like, oh my gosh, it must be true. Well, Mike, how does that? <laughs> How does that work in helping the teachers? I mean, I, I well, they obviously I, are the ones that are in the building and they know yes. the real story. Yes. So I don't know that it does. Does oh, managing oh. the message in the media improve the lives of the teachers per se? Or is there well, something I, else I, in that that does that? Well, okay. So I'm a financial advisor, right? Should I throw my business card out here and get a commercial in? So if somebody tells me that they're in my advisory planning and da 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 I began to kind of question, you know, am I in this thing? Am I right or wrong or whatever else? I know truthfully what's happening. You know, the market's the market, the whatever else. Well, you get folks protesting, criticizing. Man, we don't have access. It must be the teachers who are, 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 are staff or administration. It's got this um, counterculture going on. Man, they're, they're teaching critical race theory. Let's throw that out there. Or they're, 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 they're handing things out with transgender, blah, 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 blah. Thing. No, they're not. But the problem has been we have had this perfect storm where we have have not allowed parental interaction access. People coming in as lunch buddies, folks walking through the rooms like they once were. So all of a sudden you're backing up and you hear, you know, Tucker Carlson talking about something that's going on in the East Coast or whatever else, thinking, God, that must be happening right here in Lee Summit. No, it is not. I mean, let's be real, folks. And in if I'm not being able to see or feel or sense or have my conversation one-on-one -on -one with a teacher or a staff member or whatever else, yeah, okay, I'll start to parking up. I'll start to back up. I'll start to get a little critical. So, you know what? I, again, 
Ryan Murdoch has called me some names directly in meetings. And you know what? I deserved it at the time. But from that, man, we have formed a pretty good relationship. We were in a government relations meeting, right, with the chamber. And he says, look, folks, if you've got criticisms, don't take it out on admin, teachers, staff, nurses. If you want to take it out on us, right, we're the ones working over the, 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 the goals, the structure or whatever else. Let the teachers teach, do their thing. We'll work with them, support them. And it's funny, Bill, you were right on, man. One of the things we talked about in Team Lee Summit today, right? That's a Stansbury uh, uh, committee that has been longstanding for 30 years or whatever it is. Together, everyone achieves more. And that's what it is. The idea is that every single um, aspect of the, the employees are represented. So it's transportation, it's nursing, it's elementary, secondary, the whole nine yards. And the idea is that everything is on the table, everything is open. How can we, right, emotionally support teachers? It's, I mean, it's multifaceted, but internally, today we we're talking about how do we reach? Is it peer to peer, one to one? Is it training? Is it behavioral intervention? It's not so much for the student necessarily always, but how does the teacher handle the behavior of students that may not be exactly what they're used to? I mean, so I'm gonna I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna okay. jump in in there, Mike, and, yeah. and I apologize, yeah. but I want to. We're, 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 we're running on time. Five minutes. I, wanna, I understand, and I want to make sure that we get to it, Melissa. I'm gonna turn yeah. this to you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little bit specific here based on what you had said said in our survey. You mentioned compensation and benefits for teacher. What are the paths you're looking at as a member of the board? So, what can you actually do? What are the paths you're looking at to pursue an increase in these things for teachers? So. That's great. So I don't have all the answers. I just have a wish list. So bottom line is when we invest in teachers, we're investing in our students. When we provide our teachers with a, um, we are 49th. Do you guys know this? We are 49th in teacher salaries. 49th. Who wants to admit? What place did you come in? My daughter just went to a dance competition and they placed top 10 in the nation. Who wants to be 49th? No one does. And no one wants to admit that. So when we invest in our teachers, we're actually investing in our in our children, our, the humans that we're all here for. We're all here for our children. So do I have all the answers? No. Do I think we all need to be lobbying the capital to get more money for our teachers? Heck yes, I do. Do I think that it is that is ridiculous that we trust our most precious commodity for eight hours a day and we pay them $15 an hour? Is, is that appropriate? Does anyone here in their in their right mind think that $35,365 a year is an appropriate amount for someone who is educating their child? If they do, I need to have a really serious conversation with them because we need to talk about what that pays for. Okay, Do Melissa, I, so I, I agree. I, I think, I don't know that you're going to get anybody who's going to say that we need to pay teachers less. But here's the problem. We talk about, we talk about, we need to pay them more. We talk about that they need better benefits. We talk about that we need to be able to provide them with training that enables them to have the technology skills that they need to have to advance themselves and their children. But I don't see where we are coming together to promote that, where we have people going and making those 
determinations and deciding that we're taking a stand. You know, we're fighting over pieces of cloth. We're not, we should be fighting for our teachers. We should be doing what we can, what we can, and then finding out what else we can do to make those financial decisions. Part of the board, you know, part of South, not all salary, not all of the, the teacher salaries come from Lee Summit, right? Come from our tax dollars. They also come from the state. So there is a, there's a balance that we have to work on asking the right questions. Let's make those efforts. Let's see if we can't get the right people where they need to be so we can emphasize how much those teachers need to be paid. I think it's also important that we, that as a board, we, we take obstacles out of the teacher's way instead of instilling, you know, more issues, more complications for them that we allow, we take some of those obstacles out of, of their way that we add I think it's I think we need to add more paras to classrooms to take some of the burden off of the teachers. They're overworked, they're overwhelmed. And I think that that would be something that would definitely help and looking to see where we are currently spending our money. Where are are there ways to budget and balance so that we are able to bring in additional staff members into our teams. I think that we have a good a good start, but I think we need more. And like I said, I don't know all the answers, but I definitely want the opportunity to search for those answers and to ask questions and to make make a real impact. Because again, when we invest in our teachers, ultimately we're investing in our children. Okay. So I, I guess whether we are increasing benefits or salaries or bringing in more paras or, or handling any of these sorts of things, I, I mean, the how uh, realistic, depending on the Missouri legislature for continued support is or isn't, there is more money that's going to be needed. The, the district is facing, I think, uh, the, the continued fallout from the pandemic. Uh, we're opening a new middle school, moving all the sixth graders around. That's not free. I know the, you know, the State Department of Tran the, the Transportation budget has been been cut. All these things are like reducing the amount of money coming mm -hmm. into the district or re already reallocating. And then mm -hmm. we're talking about that. So there are two ways to create money to put in the teacher's hand is one is to decrease expenses and one mm -hmm. is to increase revenue. Mm -hmm. Are you one of the things that has been floated by some is the possibility of putting forth a, a levy to help fund salaries and things of that nature in the district. Are you willing to consider putting a levy on the ballot? Now, this isn't obviously saying, you know, you don't have the power even as a board member to, to enact a levy, but you can put it on the ballot. Would you be willing to consider putting a levy on the ballot if necessary? Because as you put it, you don't have all the answers um, at this point. Is that a, is something that you would be willing to consider? I think it's important to consider all options. I think it's important to to consider. Yes, I think it's important to consider it. I think it's important to research it. I think it's important to weigh the pros and cons. Those are things that if search for every option, it goes back to the, the question you asked two questions ago. What do you do when you're in the weeds and you don't know what decision you need to make? Research, ask questions and make the best possible decision for the entire district. And unfortunately or fortunately, we have people in our district who don't have children 
or whose children are graduated and are not as um, impacted by what's going on with teachers. And they will be impacted by levy. They will be impacted by tax increases. So they're, they may not necessarily be as, you know, as gung ho as, as we want them to be. So I think a good mix of, you know, decreasing expenses or realigning exp expenses, putting a levy on, going to, you know, going and fighting city hall and, and having more money allocated towards the educational budget. I think all of those things are really important because in the end, that's what we, we need to be. It, it's, it's about our kids. And, and I, I don't know how I, I say that. And I know it's right, but it's about our children and educating our children. And if we have the best teachers, if we can truly say my, my kid goes to the best school and he's got the best teachers and here's how I can show you how to do that. Okay. How did you get the best teachers? What did you do? Did you attract them? I work in a, in a technology field. I, nobody works for free for me. And the second question everybody asks me is, "What's the salary?" I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in right there, just in, in in thinking about our time here, and I don't want to keep everybody too long. Bill, I'm gonna throw this question, the same question that 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 Jason just threw to Melissa. I'm gonna throw it at you, and and if you can, please keep it to about two or two minutes or so, fine. and then we can go. No, that's that's fine. But is is a levy? Is that something you would consider supporting to put and and trying to put on a ballot? Is that an option for you? I think that uh, that needs to be put up uh, through a public survey and just get it public input on that before you actually uh, put a levy in. I personally uh, know that uh, those work. Uh, in the past, they've also used uh, no tax increase bond issues and other other local things that have supplemented the federal money we have coming in and the state money but then also the uh i think the uh the relationship that we have with our state folks that help make those decisions and and having conversations with them and and helping them uh, convince to maybe increase those budgets is is uh, is good also uh um one thing we need to also look at is there's an incredible amount of waste in education all over the United States. And there probably needs to be some audit within to see where we need to eliminate things. Uh, I, any good company, Mike could tell you, uh, uh, Ms. Foxhaven could tell you, there, you, you have to eliminate the waste to make a profit. Okay. And so find where the waste is, eliminate it. Then you have maybe room for uh, hiring some more teachers. Uh, the paras are a great idea and just support staff, getting uh, your churches, uh, your uh, local community groups to come in and help with volunteer things is a great thing also. I know there's there's several churches that said, hey, we'd like to just come in and do some uh, tutoring and offer some services there also. So regardless, there, there there's a lot of ways of doing this, but the levy issue, um, I think that is something that needs to be uh, um, get the feedback from the public to see if they're ready for that and then go from there. Right now, it. Um, All right, it Bill, thank you. I'm going to I think you've 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 come back around to your answer. So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give you the, the cutoff. And I want to I want to hand this issue to Mike. Uh, Mike, when you're talking about funding, is, is a levy yeah. issue something that that you as a board member would be willing to discuss? Oh, well, it's out there publicly, and I don't know that we're at a point where we formulate a proposal to take to the public or even at this board uh, currently. I don't know that it, I don't believe that it's something that we're going to see in the next year, maybe we're throughout. Um, 
but I don't know that we're ready for a levy and we're at that point, quite frankly. Um, so I wish I could give you a firm answer that, man, we got to go that route, but I don't know that we need to go that route quite yet. Um, I do want to clear something up really quickly. Melissa gave great stat statistics. Those are state statistics. So we are toward the bottom across the country as far as average salaries of our educators in the state of Missouri. And the governor spoke to that uh, in Blue Springs two Mondays ago, talking about the importance of education, early education and salaries. Our starting salary for teachers is um, top three in the metro. Sorry, we're doing some coffee group. Top three in the um, metropolitan area, if not the top spot. We know that espresso is for you, Mike. It's okay. Yeah, I know. At just over 40,000. So, you know, 40,000 is great as a starting teacher, um, but we are toward the top in the metropolitan area and across the state. Um, and then other as well. And going back to the Team Lee Summit issue, um, salaries, benefits consistently discussed. And that's on the table for next year and two, three, four years. And I will brag on Nathan Holder, who is our CFO. Um, he's done a great job with putting some projections out there and has touched on the issue of a levy. If we get to a point of a levy, here are some things we need to consider, but we just, we cannot get into that levy conversation just willy-nilly. I mean, there's some strong preparedness, community engagement. I'm, I'm with you, Bill and Melissa. Think that's gotta be timed right discussed critically and move forward so you know we're right we are spot on and gosh darn I, we are fortunate of our timing of the bonds that we just you know that we just sold i guess really and my goodness gracious um, what a year later and we would have faced rates that were not as favorable um, we've had the leverage i guess or the ability to um, probably put some money where it's been needed so, I don't know if I. Well, I appreciate Mike, and I, and I and I appreciate all three of you jumping in on that as we chose the lowest hanging fruit as as a financial <laughs> thing to talk about because we could we could do three hours talking about how how to yes. how to make it pay, but but I but I appreciate you all jumping in and chiming in on on, on that piece. I'm going to wrap things up now, and Mike, I'm going to start with you, okay, and so. for though Mike, you've been on this before. For those of you that have listened to our podcast before, you know that there are serious questions that we like to ask every oh single candidate. It is an important question. And these are the things, really. Although, I'm going to say. Is this I the taco, the questions, tacos versus this is barbecue? The, uh, Hold on. Don't you be jumping in, Mike. Don't you be jumping in. No, no, look. Right. I'm mixing it up a little bit this because, time uh -oh. around. I think this, uh -oh. the question has been settled. Oh, boy. The tacos are superior. Or at least in this space, they are. <laughs> so, we're going to ask a slightly different question. So, Mike, let's really... Let's get to something that I can judge you about for real. Oh, where's I'm the best in. taco in Lee Summit? Oh, depends on the time of day. It's well, you know one a.m. Let's, say lunch. Kind of let's thing. go lunch. It's lunch, <laughs> and you want tacos. Where are you going? I, I oh my goodness gracious! We don't um, do endorsements, but there are wrong answers. You know, there. I oh. got to tell you, man, I love El Patro. Hey, there you go. There you go. That, that is, is a that's that's a solid answer, especially if you order beans. Yes. Melissa, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to you. It's dinner time for you. You want is, tacos? You see my husband's text. <laughs> <laughs> it's dinner time. You're ordering tacos. Where are you getting them? So there's a little strip mall in Lee Summit, the Mercantile. Um, and they have a cactus taco, and it is to die for. 
and it's run by a family that speaks very little English and it, they have also the best tamales I've ever had in my entire life. I don't actually eat meat, but my family does. So we can get everything we want and it is so good. That are, is not a wrong answer. Are, by, the way. by the way, are you speaking of El Mercadito? Yes. Uh, I've not had the cactus taco. So that I'm is a back. podcast favorite. Bill, where you got? Where oh, you is it really? Oh, shit. I was worried you guys would be judging me. Oh, we're judging <laughs> you. Oh, we judge you. Positively. But this time we're judging you positively. <laughs> Bill, where do you got? Bill, where's your favorite taco joint in town? Um, if my wife had a restaurant, it would be here. Because she <laughs> wow. makes What a politician. Wow. Well, hey, by the way, well played. But, well played. Uh, well played. Uh, tr- truthfully, uh, hey, uh, one of our best places has always been ha- Habaneros. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, Mike, Bill. Melissa, thank you very much for your time. We appreciate you being a part of the process, being willing to put your hat in the ring and run for public office. That is not a small decision to make. And also, thank you for your time on this podcast. Good luck to all in the election, which is April 5th. And that's going to wrap up the first of our candidate interviews. Podcast will be back, and we'll talk to everybody on Monday.